Well, well, well. Glad to see you back here again. Episode number nine of Paranormal Paralysis. Today we're going to be reading a small story. Just kidding. We have a very special guest with us from <laughs> who drove five hours to be here with me today in St. Paul, all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Mr. Colin Heyerdahl today. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Stroh. Happy to be on the show. Good to be here. Happy to be in a big old city. A big city. Most massive city on earth. Anyways, you grew up in kind of around the Milwaukee area, right? Yeah. So uh, closer to the border of Illinois, I'm from Beloit, Wisconsin. Uh, but I kind of reside back at both. Awesome. And now I know uh, I know Colin from back in college. We met in uh, freshman year, and then we were roommates for three years. So we go, we go way back, way back, way back. So far back, it's just ridiculous. Now, one of my fondest memories of college, Colin, and I'm sure you remember this fondly as well, sophomore year, we would get together every Thursday night at 8 p.m. and have uh, a couple people over. And turn on Zach Baggins to watch the newest episode of Ghost Adventures. And that was just so terrifying. Most definitely the highlight of my week every week. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good time. Now, prior to that, were you ever interested in like ghosts and stuff like that yourself? Or Uh, I think a lot of the paranormal stuff that I have coming from... uh, Some childhood uh, paranormal paralysis stuff. Uh, My mom's got some stories. Uh, and then college was really kind of my first uh, real exposure. Really? Awesome. Now, I remember talking with you before I invited you on the show because you had told me that you had some like sleep paralysis or uh, what did you say? Night terrors, right? Yeah, I, I night think they're night terrors. Well, I, th- I think they kind of go together. Yeah, that I'm very interested to hear about because as our audience knows, I am... I suffer so badly from sleep paralysis. Not really, but I think the last time I had it was like two or three years ago. <laughs> but do you do you still have it? Like occasionally now and then? Or? Um, I'd say once in a great while. It's calmed down quite a bit. Um, I think high school might have been the peak. Uh, maybe once or twice in college. Okay. Now, what I'm curious about is did you find that there was like certain certain things would be similar when you would go through that, because I know mine is usually when I'm under, you know, immense, immense stress. Would you say it's kind of the same for you, or was it just kind of random? You think? Um, I think for the most part, it definitely was stress. When I wasn't sleeping very well, wasn't taking care of myself, uh, I definitely found those nights to be uh, pretty, pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. Have you been someone that has lots of nightmares or just like spooky dreams in general? Um, yeah, my dreams are pretty vivid anytime I have one. A lot of the times it's more of the actions I do while I'm sleeping. Uh, you know, that kid in like elementary school or middle school that you just didn't invite over for sleepovers because yeah. he's <laughs> either pissing or he's, you know, sleepwalking all over, screaming. That, uh, that kind of was me for a couple of years. <laughs> my, minus the pee in the bed part. Pee in the bed, yeah. Do you remember your first experience? with that at all whether it be like a a nightmare or your first like episode of sleep paralysis or a night terror or anything like that well it definitely sort of kicked it off i don't know if this was just too much call of duty back in the day or what <laughs> but uh, i was a pretty terrible sleepwalker my mom said mm-hmm. that one night i came into a room 
I just kind of stand it in the corner. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as creepy enough as that is, yeah. I yelled, quit camping. Oh my God. And then I just... Uh, <laughs> I just like stood in the corner for a while and she was like, go back to bed. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of funny ones like that. But the first ever. <laughs> Quit camping. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Oh, just trying to laugh. But yeah, so the first one, I remember vividly laying on my bed. You know, I could see my room perfectly. It wasn't a dream. I just felt mm-hmm. this huge mass just laying on top of me. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared to move. I was like half crying. But I like, you know, in the paralysis, you're, I'm literally laying on my back like a corpse. Yeah. And there's this huge mass, just a bunch of pressure on top of me. And I just had no idea what it was. And this reoccurred, I would say, two or three times in a month. Really? And that was, that's when you were younger, right? Yeah, I'd say uh, late middle school, early high school. Hmm. Now, that's pretty interesting because when I started doing research into like sleep paralysis and that kind of stuff, the first... I found like the first people who talk about it back in the old, old days, you know, where it was like a myth that you were possessed or something. And the whole thing was like a demon sitting on your chest, you know, because apparently that's a very common, like a very common feeling for sleep paralysis is like a heavy chest, like someone's sitting on you or trying to, trying to like stop you from breathing basically (laughs) which i think is kind of freaky in itself but did you like try to move at all during that or you were just like so scared you didn't even try oh yeah i definitely tried to move get up but the only thing that could move i don't don't think my head could really move i could just move my eyes and see but i couldn't really see what the mass on top of me was that was the worst part it was just like this huge weights on top of me and i'm just stuck that's pretty creepy i remember my my first one I can't remember if I talked about this in the first episode or not. So sorry if it's a repeat story. But it was, I was, I was just a little kid, maybe like six or seven. And our old house like kind of freaked me out enough because it was, you know, you walk up the steps, they're all creaky and shit like that. And then we had the, you know, the, the demon cat, the three-legged cat, Cuckoo. And <laughs> I was absolutely terrified of that thing. But wait, 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 wait. So was it, it was missing a back leg or a front leg or both front legs? Did it like stand up and walk around or, or how, how did that, how did that look? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was, her, yeah, it was her back leg. It, either the right or left. I can't remember right now, but it was a back leg. So she would like hobble around and stuff like that. <laughs> and then every time you try to like pet her or something, she'd be like, <laughs> 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 like scratch at you and stuff. But yeah, so the first the first experience I remember having with sleep paralysis was I woke up in the middle of the night and I was on my back and I heard someone so my bedroom was Was it the girl in the corner? I had that one too. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. But I did ha- I did have one of that. Well, well, wait. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll say that one after this. So I had just like a little room and my bed was like a foot to the left of the door. So we had this hallway and then on the right side was my room. And I just remember waking up and it's absolutely pitch black. Like I could not see anything. And I remember hearing what I thought to be like someone like full on sprinting up and down the hallway, like going past my door. And I remember trying to move to get up so I could close my door. <laughs> Sterling come out to play. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, and then I just remember I couldn't move. And then, you know, that that's 
that's kind of what releases the adrenaline, right? As you you yeah, try, you're, you're sweating. You're just yeah. And every time every time you try to move and you can't, then it freaks you out even more. But I found that was kind of a recurring thing with my with my little paralysis episodes was people hearing like footsteps and people running all around the house. Upon later research, though, this is kind of interesting. I found out that you know the things you see and hear in sleep paralysis is basically just your brain trying to trying to make sense of what's going on, right? Yeah, there's, so, isn't there certain parts of your brain that are on and certain parts that are off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, with the running, a lot of people attribute that to like uh, hearing your heartbeat like through your ears or something like that. That's kind of a bad explanation, but it's basically like, it's like a thump, thump, thump. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then you hear it. Mm-hmm. Cause what I, what I remember is I'd hear like walking and then as I'd get more and more scared, you know, your heart starts to beat faster. And then I, I remember it turned into like running and sprinting around the house and stuff like that. But yeah. So, and then the story with uh, the mass on my chest later, you know, we were trying to, make whatever reason we could of it i was thinking about a month after they kind of stopped so my dog had passed like a week or two before mm-hmm. uh, i kept his collar in my bedside table i don't, I don't know if that's weird but <laughs> we did he, he'd usually sleep on the foot of my bed most nights mm-hmm. um and then one day i was just cleaning through that drawer i was like was was that my dog laying on top of me like oh. I, it's never been proven, disproven, but yeah. demon, demon dog, you know, demon, evil dog. Why didn't you feed me more, more treats? Right. <laughs> Have you seen that one video that shows like what people, so the story is that this family's dog died, right? And they have a security camera pointed at their backyard and they see like a straight up shadow of a dog, like sprinting around the yard. No, I no. Oh, dude, you gotta, I'll try to post that on Instagram for everyone listening, but I'll try to find it. It's a crazy video. But the thing, the one thing I don't like, which, you know, I started posting like ghost caught on camera and stuff like that on Instagram. But I try to stay away from the security footage because I feel like security cameras are not that great quality to begin with. Well, that, and I feel like if it's that bad a quality, you can edit it to a T, make it look real because you're just doing shitty work anyway on the editing. Yeah, but that's... That's pretty crazy. What what's the story about the girl in the corner? Tell me that one. Oh yeah. So um <laughs> I mean I've lived in the same house uh all throughout my childhood, all the way to high school, even now. Mm-hmm. Um so we've switched rooms. Um uh, my mom originally thought that my old room, the one that I had the you know the chest story, had bad a bad presence, bad, a bad deals, you know? Yeah. Because I I've had other like night terrors in that room too. Um, I doubt that was the reason we switched. I was just like, I want the yeah. bedroom now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so my, my bed was on the complete other side from the door. And it's it was the same exact thing where I'm laying in bed, like corpse pose. I can't like move anything except my eyes. Um, I look mm-hmm. over to the door and there's a girl, like like grudge looking girl yeah. in the corner. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, oh shit. So I close my eyes, try try to just like, get some composure, go back to sleep. Yeah. I open my eyes. She's now at the foot of my bed. Fuck. <laughs> that gave me the chills. Oh, man. That's terrifying. And then so, oh, well, dumb me. You know, it didn't work the first time. Let's do it again. Yeah. I close my eyes again. Again, she's sitting on my chest. Like, I could see it this time. I don't want to make anything up, but I don't remember what she was wearing, anything. Yeah. But she was sitting on my chest, and I am 
sweat in the bed, you know, just. <laughs> That's terrifying. And then eventually, I guess I kicked out of it and woke up in the morning. Just <laughs> Jeez. Do you remember her face or anything? Or was it like a straight up grudge where the, the hair was like over her face? Oh, yeah. The hair was definitely over her face. Goodness. I, and like, I didn't watch scary movies as a kid. I don't really watch them now because I don't want any more night terrors. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the, like the view I had. I was probably 12, 13. Jeez. Yeah, my experience with that, it was probably one of my weirdest ones because I think it was a mix between like sleep paralysis and just dreaming. So the story goes, the story goes, that I got up out of bed and I don't know if I, I was like thirsty or something, but I walked, this is in our new house, and this happened right after we moved into our new house. And it's actually the only the only like sleep paralysis thing I actually ever had in that house because it wasn't, you know, so scary. But I walked to the edge of the steps and on top of the stairs, you can see into like the living room and the kitchen and that kind of stuff. And then on the top level where I was, where all our bedrooms and that kind of stuff. So I walked to the edge of that and I looked down into the living room and the kitchen and my mom always left like the the light you know the lights underneath the microwave she'd always leave that on just so it's not so dark you know if someone a little stir needed a glass of water or something you wouldn't fall down the stairs well, yeah and i mean I, i've been blind since the first grade so you gotta leave something out for me <laughs> right <laughs> so so anyways i remember staring just into the into the darkness with the little microwave light on and for some reason, I just got super creeped out and felt like something was like looking at me. And now I remember this specifically as not being in a dream and not in sleep paralysis. So I think it was just the fact that it was late at night and I was tired. Because, you know, you wake up, you don't really know what's going on. You're just like, I'm thirsty as hell. <laughs> but so, yeah, I didn't end up getting the water, but I walked back to my room. Now I'm scared and thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> but I, wa I was walking back to my room and it was one of the feelings where you just feel like something's staring at you. And the the hair on the back of my neck stood up. So I, I didn't even look behind me. I just ran into my room and like shut the door really fast and jumped into my bed. Now, I remember going to sleep again. And when I woke up, I had sleep paralysis. And I opened my eyes and there was, you know, the grudge chick standing, oh. standing in the corner. And I did kind of the same thing as you, like shut my eyes. But when I opened them again, you know, she was still in the same spot. So next, I think I actually fell back asleep because when I like had this weird dream that I woke up and she like everything was the same. She was still in the corner, but I walked up to her and like asked if she wanted to be friends instead of try trying to scare me. <laughs> and then she just reasonable, like, reasonable. Yeah. And she just disappeared. So she I did not want to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story. Like, I'd rather just scare you. <laughs> like the grudge sound like <laughs> so wait do you, did she ever come back after that mm -mm. that was weird and you uh, showed you weren't scared you're like get it get out of here right, get out of here not feeding up my fear it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that, that was a weird one that was the only like weird nightmare I ever had in that house the rest of it was pretty great I it switches back and forth between me having like super vivid dreams and me just not dreaming really because I don't sleep that well. but Yeah, so like a lot of my nightmares happened when I was younger. Um, and then they kind of stopped for a while. And then as soon as I joined the swim team, everything just started right back up. Uh, you had 6 a.m. swim practices. You'd swim before yeah. school. You'd be swimming until 6.30 after school. I think my body and mind were just so exhausted from classes, from you know physically exhausting myself. Yeah. And everything kicked back off. Like So and this was in the same room. 
my mom walked in one night and I had the blanket like lifted up. Like, oh. like I'm laying on my back. I lifted it up. I said, what the fuck? And so, <laughs> you know, she comes running. Yeah. What? What's going on? Something bit me. <laughs> and my mom was like, I am so scared right now. I can't even like pass the door frame to come into your room. That's She's like, crazy. something felt just super weird in that room. Oh my so gosh. she like kind of shut my door a little bit, cracked it <laughs> and went to bed. Wow. Thanks and, mom. Yeah. <laughs> and there was another night. Um, like, I don't remember this at all. My sister came in just to check on me one night. And as soon as she like put her eyes on me, I like flipped the, I was like facing the wall. Right. And then the doors mm-hmm. on the other side, I flipped around and said, get the fuck out. And she was like, in the morning, she was like, Colin, I really don't think that was your voice that said that. I've never heard Jeez. anything like that come out of you. So uh, that's crazy. dude. <laughs> dude. It got so bad. My mom, she has like a medium friend, right? Mm-hmm. She, so she came to the house, said there was some bad energy. Really? She didn't really say anything more than that. It didn't specify. And that. then she like saged my room. Yeah. And she was off on her way. Um, I think that was about the same time swim season was over. Yeah. So everything just kind of died down. But I don't know if it was a saging, if it was me actually getting some sleep, or both. That's crazy. I I remember you telling me that that your mom like didn't didn't really like that room that you were in. So you still live in the same house. So are you still in that particular room, or have you moved rooms again? No. So I'm in the I guess the smallest room in the house now because I'm only there like part time. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> my little brother's in there now oh, let's man. see what happens <laughs> have you heard any stories or like uneasy feelings from him at all i don't think so um i don't think i've really talked to him about it i'm not trying to spook him or anything yeah. but if he comes out one day and says well i just had this crazy nightmare then i'll know what was up but i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i'm susceptible yeah that's crazy so you don't think those were like you don't think your house was haunted or anything really i don't think i ever had any experiences where i thought the house was actually haunted um, even now when I'm there, I just, I don't feel any like kind of bad energy. Yeah. I really attribute it to night terrors, you know, my brain just not being at full capacity mm-hmm. or no, being at full capacity and not getting enough sleep. Yeah. At that time, would you consider yourself a believer in the paranormal? I don't think I really gave it too much of a thought until my mom brought that medium person in mm-hmm. and I was like, well, well, why is this lady here? What is she burning in my room? What's... yeah." What's smoking? <laughs> but then my mom got invited to go with this medium to like a haunted house and go like huh. kind of ghost hunting or whatever. And yeah. I got super scared. I was like, you're not bringing any ghosts in this house. All right. right? <laughs> I don't think she ever went or anything, but um, yeah. my mom too. So she works at a clinic. So she works like third-ish shift, kind of second. It's only like a couple like hours. L- late night though. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. she, she goes to work at like six, gets home at like 11-ish. Mm-hmm. One day, so she's like janitorial kind of staff. Yeah. And she was cleaning one of the like examining rooms. And so she walked in and all the lights are not motion. They're all, you know, flick, whatever. Yeah. And one of the nights, all the lights turned on in the room she was in. So she looks around, like weird. And she goes to check the switch. The switch is still down, but all the lights are on. So she's over there fl- wow. flicking the switch. Yeah. It turns on and off, on and off, whatever. Huh. And so she leaves the room and then the light turns on again behind her after she shuts off the light. Weird. And so she's like, I don't need your help. Thank you. Walks away. And then so she, she still wears like scrubs. So yeah. she, like she puts salt in her pocket oh, for, yeah. for the next like <laughs> bunch of shifts. And I guess it never happened again. But Jeez. you know, at a clinic, you get the bad energy in there. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff about haunted hospitals just because of all the, all the death and things that 
can sometimes go wrong. I know there's a, in Rochester, Minnesota, the, I don't know if you've been to St. Mary's, um, Mayo St. Mary's down there. That's rumored to be haunted as well. But, you know, my line of work, I go into like hospitals and biotech companies and that stuff every day. And I actually had a job down there. Of course. EVP, EVP, just exactly. sneak it in lunch break. <laughs> so I had a job in St. Mary's and I was kind of excited because, you know, all the pharmacies and hospitals are in the basement usually. So I was like, oh yeah, here we go, baby, going down to the basement. But I got down there and I was honestly a little bit disappointed. I think it's just the fact that the building is so old because there was like, it looked like it needed a new paint job, maybe some fresh floors and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, this is, this is kind of creepy. But it's old, but like an old creepy. Yeah. But like you were saying, your old house, you know, the floor creaks, you know, it's just kind of dark and kind of maybe dingy, scary kind of feels. Yeah, exactly. There, I mean, it was also like the middle of the day and there was a bunch of staff roaming around and stuff like that. So I'm sure it would be different if there was nobody down there and it was dark. But yeah, St. Mary's, I don't think it's haunted for anyone one, anyone interested. Debunked. De- debunked. <laughs> awesome. So now getting into the meat of why you're here today, Colin. <sighs> I'm excited for this because I know there's a lot of people if you're listening from um, University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, you know about the Rivoli Theater, which I think is pretty widely known. I mean, in that in the town of Lacrosse, at least, it's pretty widely known that it's like a creepy theater, and there's some suspect things that have gone in there. Now, you actually worked at that theater, right? Yeah. Uh, so I had uh, two interviews in one day. One was mm-hmm. with, uh, I believe, it was Domino's. And then during the Domino's interview, I get a call from the Rivoli and I was like, uh, I think I'll think about this job. And then immediately went down and talked to the Rivoli guy. Yeah. And then I worked there for like three and a half years. Jeez. <laughs> nice. So you've got, you've got some good experience under your belt. So, you know, trusted. Uh, I know pizza. Tra- he knows pizza and selling brews. <laughs> so you've got, you know, trusted source for the information here, folks. Now, give us a little... Uh, I don't know if you know like the background, but give us a little bit of the background of kind of the R- Rivoli, right? Rivoli Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, just starting off here, uh, if any Rivoli staff um, are listening currently, uh, please don't sue me for uh, libel or slander. Uh, <laughs> maybe this will even bring people in the doors, you know, come see a show. Uh, so promotion. Th- yeah, think of it as a promotion. You know, free press is always good press. So, <laughs> so yeah, the Rivoli was opened in like the 1920s, I think early 1920s. Uh, it was originally opened as like an actual theater kind of opera house. And then so it worked as a kind of theater opera house for, I would say about like 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it just kind of came ran down. The guys didn't want to fix it up. Um, I don't know the exact history. Uh, Peek that out for yourself. Um, And then my manager told me I was working there when it was like in limbo between buyers, owners, whatever. It was like a skate park. Like Like they gutted some of it out and made a huge skate park in there. That's pretty cool. Uh, like when you walk in, there's a huge ramp down. So I could definitely yeah. see the skate park aspect. Um, but you know, that could be just a fun story as well. And then from 1994, 1996, uh, it became the Rivley Theater as it is now. It's got all the same interior from when it was the Opera House. Um, I'm sure just the seats, you know, were redid if it was a skate park. But it, yeah, it's an older, I don't want to say dingy, but it's definitely kind of a dingy. I think they want to keep the historical value of a lot of it. Yeah, um, so, you know, you can clean and clean and clean, 
at the end of the day, it, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. And I think that's kind of spooky in itself. Being in a building that was has been around for like just over a hundred years right now. Yeah. And so. itself is it's it's huge. So like the Rivoli movie theater is attached to like a four-story building. Uh the guy I worked for owned it all. And it's the same exact building as it was ever since it was created. So there's got to be a lot of history in there. Uh, the floors above yeah. it now are just like offices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth floor is pretty abandoned. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> So uh, yeah, I started there uh, my freshman year of college, kind of uh, just after Christmas break. Uh, I realized I blew through all the money I'd saved. Um, <laughs> so I needed to find a place, and they literally yeah. hired me on the spot. The theater itself is really cool. It's one of those theaters, I think AMC or maybe Marcus is doing this now too. But you walk in, you know, there's five or six chairs and there's a table in between each set. Uh, you can order pizza, popcorn, we had cheese curds, sandwiches, all the good stuff. So it was, it was pretty fun working there. Oh, beer too. Don't forget the brews. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, why not? No, why not work here? It looks like a fun spot. I made a lot of good friends. Um, but I also had a lot of other um, experiences while I worked at said theater. Your first day, or the first time you walked into the theater, what was kind of what was kind of your general vibe of the overall place? I think anytime you start a new job, you're just kind of like anxious the entire time. So I really don't think I noticed much until I kind of calmed down, got used to some of the work. But as soon mm-hmm. as I started, like, oh, I know how to do my job. I'm just showing up for work. Yeah. Then how an eerie feeling just kind of sets in. Uh, it's old, dingy. The, like I said, the interior, it's like exactly the same as 1920s. Yeah. Some of the paint is still kind of like chipped off, you know? Right. And then like the, the like working area, because, you know, we had the kitchen and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel too bad. It was super dark. Like it's very dimly lit still. Yeah. Um, and then the creepiest part is the basement. As it always does usually, right? It's, it's literally, you know, the cement stairs take you down to a dimly lit basement. There's cobwebs. There's, again, there's, Barely any lights, which I still don't understand why. It could be a safety hazard. I don't know. Yeah. And there's, so you walk down the steps and it's like a really long hallway. It's a bigger hallway with, you know, stocking stuff for the bathrooms, the soda bags of syrup are down there kind of thing you got to change. Yeah. And then like off to the right, there's huge rooms of just random shit. <laughs> so like one of the rooms is just a bunch of old theater seats. And there's a wheelchair in there. I don't know why there's a wheelchair in there. That's creepy. Um, the <laughs> lights are never on in there, but you can just kind of see from the light from the hallway. It's like random shadows of spooky wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah, anytime I was down in the basement, I, I would sprint to do whatever I had to do. If I'm no. changing those soda nozzles to like 50-pound syrup bags, or maybe I'm just weak. I don't know how much they weigh. <laughs> but like, I'm like, all right, let's take, take it out. Get out of here. Come on, come on, come on. Someone's coming. Someone's coming. Right. <laughs> So yeah, it's just like you're sprinting down, grab what you need, and you're back up. I like I never wanted to be alone. Yeah, and especially during closing shifts. Oh. Did you? Do you think that's more of a mental thing, or was there actually like a like a weird feeling that you would get while you were working? I'd say a little bit of both. I tend to be kind of an anxious individual, but I think there's a lot of oh, weird vibes, especially in some of the locations. Like it's not the entire theater. But when you're kind of like in the back where like not a lot of people are or in the basement or the women's bathroom, uh, only for cleaning purposes, cleaning purposes, <laughs> there's just spots that just don't feel right. No, that's, that's interesting. You mentioned the woman's bathroom because I had uh, an episode two, I think, you know. No, no, no. It was, it was episode three. So three. 
Episode three. Oh, avid listener. Uh, yeah, I, well, you know me. <laughs> yeah, so in episode three, I don't know if you guys listened to that episode yet or remember, but we had a on who worked with a lady who was a straight psychic. Uh, and she told a story about how she went into the woman's bathroom and it was one of the, you know, one of the places that felt the worst in the whole theater. And like her daughter would say people are like watching them and stuff like that. But Yeah, definitely check out that episode or at least that clip. But yeah, Elise was talking about how like, she can see through whatever barriers or something, and then like yeah. the walls are stained with blood. Yeah. Um. Like yeah. Like the daughter could see it. Like, mm. mommy, the people are watching us. Yeah. And now just go. And that just I heard that story after working there, like my cleaning shifts when I'm all by myself, and the women's bathroom just feels weird. The yeah. stall doors will open by themselves. I don't know if they're old, off center. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty scary in there. Do you remember your first experience? So there. the first experience, I'm not sure if it's necessarily mine or a combined experience, um, but so when you walk into the main theater, there's two theaters, the large theater, which is like 600 seats, mm-hmm. and then a small theater, it's like 40 or something, maybe 52? I don't know. But so you, you walk into the main theater, there's kind of two levels. There's a lower level, and then you can go up to the, like the balcony level. Um, it's not like a huge balcony, like you got to take separate stairs kind of thing. It's just like five steps, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I was up there sweeping. I had my headphones in. This is before we were even open. Um, mm-hmm. My coworker yells for me to like from like the employee kind of entrance into the theater where mm-hmm. we would deliver the pizzas and stuff during the show. Yeah. Um, and she's yelling up there and I have my headphones in and then I finally notice she's trying to get my attention. So I take my headphones off and she's yelling for my manager. And I'm like, no, that's, I'm, I'm up here. It's me. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I swear. Who's that person right next to you up there? Oh I, dro- I dropped the, <laughs> dropped the broom. And I, I, I probably left it there all day. I never went back and got it. Someone yeah. else must have picked it up. Customers like, well, why is there a broom up here still? There's still a lot of popcorn up here. Jeez. That's creepy. Do you remember if you felt anything before your coworker was like pointing that out? Or if it was just like she... She pointed it out and then you got creeped out. Well, I usually feel pretty creeped out when we're not open or like I would have cleaning shifts like way before we even open, mm-hmm. go mop the floors, you know, bleach everything, try to get it all clean. And I always have my headphones in, but like you could still like, you're always, you're always peeking over your corner. Like, or, yeah, trying to see, so, somebody's watching me? Is, so, who's there? Who's there? What do you want? Was that like a general feeling in the place of the, like feeling like you're being watched kind of the whole time? I would say when I was alone. So like if I had a closing shift, you know, most of the customers are out or they didn't come to late shows. I'm just doing dishes in the back or I'm sweeping, you know, just when you're alone, it just, it feels a little more ominous. Yeah. I don't know if that's the building's history or the, maybe some presences that are there, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I know that the main theater is pretty massive and it's kind of cool because you got like the balconies and stuff right on the, on the sides. Yeah, it's like you walk into a playhouse, you know, like the main stage is still there. And then they put up the big screen on like the left and right side. There's like Romeo, Juliet kind of balconies. Like, yeah. you know, save me, Romeo. Right. <laughs> are you, this is just a question out of my curiosity, but are you able to walk like behind the screen at all? Yeah, so you can go behind the screen. There's, last thing I remember is just extra storage, uh, maybe some old theater seats and stuff. But you, you yeah. are not able, I think they sealed off the like top balcony things. Mm. Like the, you know I'm talking about, the Romeo ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like I remember you telling me a story about one of those balconies when we were, when we were in college. That's one that I'm not sure if it was the lighting, if I saw something. Um, 
I think it was another one of my cleaning shifts. Like, you know, I'm kind of always checking my shoulder. Yeah. I swore I looked up in the balcony and I saw kind of like a kind of a shaded figure up there. Hmm. And I think that's when I asked, like I asked my manager, Hey, how do you get up there? He's like, no, those have been sealed off for like 15 years. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, I don't got the best vision, but I think I saw something up there. (laughs) Was it like a human kind of figure? Yeah. I mean, it just looked, it looked like a silhouette. Was it one of those things you turned around and it was gone? <laughs> yeah, I think because I looked at the, oh, the corner of my eye, like looked up, thought I saw something, mm-hmm. like saw somebody up there. Like, oh, cool. How do you get up there? And then by the time I actually looked to examine it, yeah, it was gone. Have you ever talked with your coworkers or anything like that about some of their experiences in the theater? Yeah. So one of my other coworkers, anytime she goes in the basement, she feels the ominous feeling too. She said doors slam on her. She's... She, I think she thought she was grabbed once, like just grabbed on the Jeez. arm. But yeah, now whenever she goes in the basement, she's already yelling, like, back off, leave me alone. Yeah. Grr. And she's like, she's like five foot. So it's like, yeah, pretty yeah. intense. I, I think <laughs> she's had some pretty creepy experiences, but have you ever had like gone home from work and then had dreams about like weird stuff going on in the theater or anything like that? I mean, I spent like at least 25 hours a week at that theater. So I think I was always seeing it when I closed my eyes. Um, I had some weird dreams. Every now and then, like the basement was a maze. Like I go down to the basement for something and I'm trapped in a maze. Weird. I think that's like symbolic for like I'm stuck in life or something. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was college. Hmm. Or there's an entity in the basement that doesn't want you to to find your your way out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So going back to the women's bathroom, I'm pretty sure this was like late at night. We had late shows. My manager was, he was up front, you know, closing out and mm-hmm. I was just doing dishes and I hear conversations. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be nosy and see what he's talking to. Yeah. And this lady said that she was pushed in the bathroom. Wow. And like, she came right out. We can see who comes and goes from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, that's, I don't know if that's weird, but no. we can see from that pathway from the back where we kind of serve concessions and stuff. People coming and going. So like nobody had left yet. So my manager walks to the girl's bathroom, right? To confront whoever did it. Mm-hmm. There was nobody in the bathroom. And then after talking to him, he was like, yeah, that's happened like three or four times now. Yes. So that, that woman's bathroom, just bad vibes, bad vibes. Sage that. Yeah. Gotta get your mom's medium, medium friend in there, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get her in there. I don't even know her name is, honestly. The medium friend. The medium friend from the clinic. That's what she, probably what she saved in is my mom's phone. <laughs> Just a long contact name. Hey, Siri, call the medium friend from clinic. <laughs> yeah, like, and like I said, too, I always had cleaning shifts. Yeah. And I feel like that's when it was, because I was by myself. Mm. You know, the, either the general manager would be there or he'd be like on the second floor of the building doing business things. Big I business. Think, we'll or just sitting there you know, playing games. Yeah. But so, like I said, the Rivoli is like a part of a four-story building, mm. right? And the owner who was my boss, owned the whole thing. So we'd have to go get the garbages when I had a cleaning shift. Yeah. So actually, yeah, there was someone with me that day because we had to do all the garbages. We were like giving up floors and then we take them all down to the first floor, throw them in that garbage closet. So, you know, we're walking around, walking around. By the time we get to the fourth floor, we're both carrying like two big bags of garbage. And we, you know, we, I throw them down next to the door and the door handle jiggles. Like, like I threw it on, on the wall next to the door. Like we didn't even throw them on the door. Yeah. And we were like, okay, that was weird. So the, we door, both, the door was shut? Yeah, we, yep. So the door was shut. Okay. We, had, we had nobody yet. So we both throw our bags down because I think we had a couple more to do. 
and it, you know, it jiggled. I was like, okay, weird draft, something, something's going on. Yeah. And then when she went to open it, the door like violently like throttled <laughs> back and forth. Jeez. I just remember throwing everything we had on the ground and sprinting down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> was that during, you know, was your manager there at that time? It could have been him or something in the office. No, I don't think so. I think he was down in the theater because he because they have to yeah. um, they don't do the reels for the movies anymore. Even though yeah. they want to keep it historic, he's uh-huh. still got to like upload the file to the projectors. For, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that was that was nuts. Weird. What would you say is your scariest, the scariest thing that you've experienced so far in your life, either at the theater or you know just just in general? Well, I, th- I think this next one, uh, the doorknob story is pr- pretty up there. Yeah. Um, but this next one, I think it's actually my last story, I think, oh, for perfect. the Rivoli. When you look outside the Rivoli building, like on the street, they've got the old marquee. Um, you know, a lot of like fast food places have them and they put up funny slogans or like a church has one. You, know, yeah. you, you change the individual letters, right? Oh, yeah. One of those, the boards underneath like the signs where you swap out the letters with that big like one like a plunger thing <laughs> yeah yeah it was a huge it's pretty much a huge plunger on like a stick mm-hmm. um but yeah so the plunger itself i was you know changing the letters because we got new movies um and then of course they store all the letters in the basement obviously yep so i got done with those i had my big stack of like 25 plastic letters mm-hmm. i run down to the basement of course i'm trying to do it as quick as possible right so I'm putting it back, you know, it's alphabetized ABC. As I'm do, as like halfway through my pile, a box falls behind me. <gasps> like weird, you know, this place is old. The shelves are kind of crappy, whatever. I mean, the shelf didn't fall, just the box did. So I put the box, box back and I didn't set it back like real right on the lip. I pushed it back. Yeah. You know, I'm back doing my thing. And like 30 to 45 seconds later, four or five boxes fall behind me. And there's a common theme from my stories. I dropped all the letters, <laughs> didn't pick up those boxes, and I sprinted all the way back up the stairs. And I was like, I am not going in that basement ever again. That's crazy. I mean, I had to, but yeah, not 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 that day. Not that day. Didn't get paid enough. <laughs> did, did someone go back to put the boxes up? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure my manager, general manager, was down there. Like, what the hell are these boxes doing on the floor? <laughs> what did Colin do down here? Well, yeah, he doesn't even work down here. He's just throwing boxes. Jeez. Did you ever end up getting, you know, the letters swapped out on the marquee? Oh, yeah. Those were taken care of, but I didn't put back the old letters. You know, oh, I was putting gotcha, back the other gotcha. ones after I'd already changed it. <laughs> yeah, someone else probably did that too, but I was not not hanging out with whatever was down in that basement. That's freaky. <laughs> Do you have any stories about, like, places outside the Riv that you've had, you know, some suspect things going on, some paranormal paranormal activity or anything like that? No, I honestly, I think that's most of my experiences have been, you know, my sleep paralysis at home, you know, the kind of creepy feels. Um, and then back to just the Rivoli Theater. That place is old. It's got some history. And of course, you know, hmm. some uh, energy with it. Some spooky energy. <laughs> Do you think the the Radisson Hotel down on the cross is haunted? I've heard stories of hotel staff saying that it's haunted. And just, you know, weird occurrences, doors shutting, things slamming, you know, yeah. feeling watched, you know, hearing the footsteps. But I, I've never actually stayed there. Uh, I've never worked there personally, so I can't really attest. But there's a couple of places in the cross, like Bodega. Bodega. Bodega's haunted. Dell's Bar, I know. Oh, they have the best bloodies. Promo for Dell's Bar. Go there. Best bloodies. <laughs> they got like eight of them. 
And they're all so good. <laughs> yes. I remember we we did a ghost walk, me and a couple of my friends in lacrosse. I think I've talked about this before, but I don't know if I've told this exact story about Dell's Bar. Now, what happened there back in the day, it was like a saloon, I believe. And the owner found out that his wife was cheating on him. Oh, got to so, kill her. Exactly. You got to kill her. Exactly. So he grabs his gun, probably like a, an old revolver or something like that, goes out, pops I got, them both. I got two in the chamber, one for you and one for him. <laughs> exactly. So pops them both, done. And then goes back. <laughs> this is where it gets a little creepy. He goes back to what's now known as Dell's Bar. And this is exactly the way. Wait, wait, wait. So like the guy that killed those two? Or yeah. like you went, okay. No. So the guy goes out, kills the wife and her her lover and goes back to Dell's bar. And the way the tour guide said was he pulled up a chair in the middle of the bar, called the police and, you know, told them what had happened. And then when, and then he waited. And when the cops got there, he was gone. Well, no. Well, oh. I'm just guessing. <laughs> and when the cops got there, as soon as they opened the door, he like looks at him and then just shoots himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, I thought that would, I, I don't know if I could ever kill anybody. That would eat away at me every day of my life. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe one, maybe just, I'll do anything once. Oh my but, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah. And after that, we went to Dell's bar, you know, after the tour was done and we were asking some of the staffs, like, you know, this, this place is, do you guys think this place is haunted? Do you have any of your own experiences? And a couple of them were like, yeah, you know, mostly as it goes, mostly late at night, like two, well, I suppose early the next day, like 2.30 a.m., bar close, whatever. They always hear footsteps. Like they go down in the basement to, you know, like refill the kegs or whatever, just like maintenance stuff after bar close, you know. And they'd always hear like footsteps walking and running around on the floor upstairs. And they'd be like, "Is like we're the only two people down here. We're the only people closing the bar tonight. So they go back up. No one's there. And then, you know, another one said they were on the main level, you know, wiping stuff down after bar close again. And they'd hear people like talking in the basement. So they'd go down there and be like, hey, we're, we're closed. You, gotta, you guys got to go. Nobody down there. Oh, man. For a second, I thought you were going to say like, there's this, you know, the chair that he was sitting in at the bar falls over <laughs> once a month. That would oh, be terrifying. And I knew, it's the same chair. Is that go go invest it, man? Right. That's like that one chair that what was it? The guy got shot in, and they still had the chair with like the bullet hole that like went oh yeah through him through the back of the chair. And the legend is every time you sit in the chair, you'd like have a pain in your chest or something. Oh yeah, because I think most of the cast like sat in the chair. It's like kind of a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't think I could ever own like haunted well, memorabilia let me say this i think it'd be sick to have like a little a room kind of like the warrants had of like allegedly haunted things from you know whether it be cases or just if you're like a haunted item collector and i know zach baggins has a room like that too but i don't think i could personally do that because unless let me put it this way if it was like my summer home you know right. like i didn't have to permanently live there and yeah. i know it wouldn't follow me to my actual home <laughs> Sure, why not be spooked? Exactly. Or if it was like just a sealed glass room and the only way to get objects in there was like a concrete elevator filled with salt or something and you like go up into the room and place the object gently on the shelf or something like well, that. What's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to own the haunted stuff, you're probably yeah. going to want to like, ooh, I'm scared. Jeez. 
I, w- I think I would get a haunted doll, though. Nope, absolutely not. I get one. I have a, a creepy enough. It's like a old, an old, like red-haired clown. I think you've seen this is one. That, is is that here? Is, no, is that, I don't have it. Here. Oh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> oh, good luck. I, I had it at my house in college, and I hung it on this little lamp. And every time someone would like come, oh yeah, come I over remember visit, that. They'd be like, "What the hell is that thing, dude?" <laughs> but yeah, that that wasn't haunted. I think it was like my. One of my mom's old toys or something like that. <laughs> She's like, this ugly dog. Sweet memories, not spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, awesome, dude. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Colin. It was good, good chat, good chat. You got a lot of good stories from there. So, you know, make sure, for those of you listening, if you want to see a good flick, good flick, you know, go, go to the Rivoli Theater. Yeah, definitely. Give them the patronage. Lots of fun stories to still be had, experiences to be had for employees, uh, guests, anything like that. But, Yes, real. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thank you guys as well for listening to episode number nine. Oh, we're getting up there. <laughs> almost double digits. Almost double there. digits. <laughs> yeah, if you are a fan of the show, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Paranormal Paralysis. If you have any spooky stories of your own, you can DM me on there. I actually got a couple people who are like, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast, you know, they were DMing me like, hey, do you think I could come on? I got some scary stories of my own. I was like, oh, this is sick. That You know, just having people like reach out to you that want to tell their stories. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's getting out there. Yeah, all the listeners, spread the word. Spread the word, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, if you guys have any spooky stories of your own, you can DM me on there or you can email me at paraparalysis at outlook.com. If you are interested in purchasing any merch, I'm wearing the official Paranormal Paralysis hat right now, custom stitched. Okay, Colin, custom stitch. It, it's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. You know, He's maybe, got some keychains. Maybe uh, you want some 100% cotton t-shirts. Oh. We got those too. Oh, oh it's, it's got to be 100% cotton. Exactly. <laughs> you can find those on paranormalparalysis.com. <sighs> Along with all the podcast episodes, you can download them to your phone, stuff like that if you want to listen. Other than that, thank you again, Colin. Thank you again, listeners. And, you know, as always, stay, stay spooky, spooky, baby. baby. See you next time.